HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com, bringing you the freshest radio in Brooklyn since 2009. Hear directly from chefs to farmers, artists to architects, authors to brewers, and everyone in between. Check out all of our shows on our website or by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes store. The following program has been brought to you by Kane Vineyard and Winery. Kane Vineyard and Winery supports Heritage Radio and the growing movement to change how Americans eat and how we think about our planet. For more information, visit www.cane5.com. Boys, I'm mellow as a honeydew. Yeah, that cat is high. Look that look in his eye. Oh, man, he's high. Yes, higher than a kite. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. In the studio today, we have... A cast and crew of the new place, uh, Maharlika, that started out as a pop-up uh, restaurant and bar earlier this summer, late spring, and uh, now we're we're going to get to see them uh, with their actual feet on the ground in a place where hopefully they will be for a long time. Uh, welcome to the show, Enzo Lim, beverage director, Miguel Trinidad, Hello. the executive chef, Nicole, Nicole Ponseca, yearbook the, uh, editor, yearbook editor and CEO. And Noah Cruz, the Strategic Alliances Officer. <laughs> drinks! We got drinks! <laughs> that was a mouthful. Um, so, welcome to the show. I'm glad to have you guys on. I've been wanting to have you on for a while. Salamat. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Right, Absolutely. So, uh, let's just jump into it. I mean, you started off as a... Uh, you, you've all worked in the, the this industry for quite some time now I've been involved with it in one way or another obviously I first met Enzo I want to say like three years ago just through the uh, the bartending like co- kind of cocktail scene I believe you were you were heading the AA meeting you were heading to an AA we were both heading to an AA <laughs> yeah um, was it, it was maybe two or three years ago you were working at uh, Minetta Tavern at the time or it might have been there, before actually. that yeah oh really cool yeah. and you're doing this you're crazy I am <laughs> Yes. So, uh, after a while of knowing you, you uh, you've always been a very ambitious person, and uh, and now it shows. I mean, obviously. <laughs> oh, we'll go with that one. Let them think that. I like I like how your your business partners are so supportive of you. <laughs> 
Now you so uh, okay. So this all turns into uh, in the spring an idea of opening up this pop up restaurant if you want to call it that if that's okay. I don't know. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. Um, it actually started in around November December of 2010. We didn't have enough money to open a full blown restaurant. And I asked my boss if I could use his space in East Village. He said, yeah. So January 2nd, we opened the doors to four people. And then it, it hit the ground running. For wow. Me. I didn't even realize it was that. I didn't realize it was last winter. Jesus. Time's flying. I turned yeah. 30 this year. So I'm just Ooh. like, I'm getting old. old and I can't remember anything. Well, okay. So, uh, so you open up in the space. Yeah. And, and um, like I said, January 2nd and the first two days were pretty dismal that mm-hmm. I was talking to my staff and saying it's going to be awesome it's going to be awesome it's going to be so awesome (laughs) and uh guaranteeing them like uh awesomely dead it was uh you know guaranteeing them like a shift pay like Mm -hmm. a some not shift pay but some gratuity out of our pocket so that Mm -hmm. they would still feel like encouraged to work with us and then by the third weekend uh, i think it was new york magazine or grub street that featured us and then it was it went went gangbusters from there and right. bloggers are insane yeah, I, are. all the people that really right. supported everyone who came really reviewed it and gave like glowing remarks and mm-hmm. we weren't expecting all of that i really was expecting like a couple of months still before it to take off yeah that's yeah. great i mean all around that sounds like a really nice way to start out and speaking of starting out it's like what was your uh, obviously your focus is to have a restaurant and bar mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, doing cocktails and it's mostly Philippine, like, with Enzo's writing on his hand. <laughs> okay, I won't say it out loud. But no. Let's <laughs> um, what? What? It, okay. Anyway, um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember now. Yeah, well, okay, so. One and she's the focus one. So, so restaurant and bar, yes. Um, and it is, okay, let me get this out right away that it wasn't about fusion. Mm-hmm. Um, Filipino food itself is fusion by nature because we were colonized by Spain. We have American mm-hmm. influences with like spam, spam and tang. Spam. <laughs> and. Um, spam. And Chinese influence, Malaysian, and certainly indigenous influences. So it's already fusion. Mm -hmm. But the restaurants that were out there were making it like Filipino Thai, Filipino Korean, and it's all yummy food. And I love all the restaurants out there, but I really wanted to, with the team, make it authentic Filipino food. And the flavors are 100% authentic. It's just presented or plated differently and elevated a little bit because... Filipino food is really like one pot stews meant to cook down while you go clean the house you make money for the family and then what happens is the meats get um, degraded the vegetables lose their integrity but it's really good but <laughs> and it's something we all love but at the end of the day I'm, the vegetables were like so wilted and ugly and they lacked like any presentation so I really want to put out there that it's not about fusion it's not um, taking away from what Philippine Philippine flavors are, it really is just honoring it and giving it a, a nicer pair of shoes and a, a nice dress to wear. So, yeah, we're really keeping true to the tradition and the flavors, and and I guess in a sense modernizing it, right? By going back taking to it what to it church. originally, yeah, to originally what it was, using raw ingredients and and a lot of a lot of places you find it's. Um, it, uh, especially in the commercial restaurant establishments that, that do Filipino food use and this is, this is the way it is I guess out of convenience but don't take the time to 
to, um, I guess, properly cook, if you will, from the raw ingredients state, which is it's out of convenience. Maybe it's frozen. Maybe it's from a package. Maybe, maybe it's, it's food cost. Maybe it's food cost, but it's it's more of a processed thing. And what we're trying to do is using our, you know, where we came from from a culinary experience and our experience in the business, um, approach it in a in a much more uh, grassroots way by by taking best ingredients we can find, you know, that we are in control of and, and turning it into a traditional flavor profile that, that something we grew up with. So we're not we're not vi- we're not trying to go too far past pizza. <laughs> we're also trying to uh, feature the food in the way that it's, it you. looks appealing. That it's not just sort of something that you. Well, yeah, eat. It's, it's great dining. presentation. You know, right. obviously, it's not just you want the whole experience. Yeah, diners eat with their stuff. eyes first. You know, absolutely. And we definitely wanted to give respect to the cuisine and make it the best that we possibly could by paint, giving each item its individual attention and then bringing it all together. Now, with that being said, what are some of the for our listeners like what are what are some of the uh, kind of like very traditional um, food products and like vegetables and say like obviously different kinds of rices and things like that. you're not doing like the fish balls that you buy off like the food cart kind of thing you know it's like no nothing (laughs) you know most of our i would say 90 percent of our menu is made in-house right you know we're curing our own beef to make tapa which Mm -hmm. is um basically a filipino beef jerky we're making our own pan de sal and you know we're putting american twists on it you know we took um uh eggs benedict and Mm -hmm. switched it up and put all filipino ingredients in there pan de sal spam poached eggs of calamansi hollandaise which laing instead of cream spinach for uh, our take on eggs florentine which mm. is eggs amelda plug 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 so it's an american twist in that it's just elevated but it is really 100 percent filipino great oh. great now how does this uh work in with like the bar and the cocktails because like i always say or like always hear that there are you know many different there's obviously a lot of different there's numerous cuisines styles out there you know that uh, don't necessarily work well with cocktails but you obviously are doing you you have a cocktail program at this place you know that obviously there's like Mexican food works really well with you know uh, micheladas and margaritas and things like that and palomas then you've got like Polynesian food with tiki drinks you know it just works really well I if, if I have like a zombie in a poo-poo platter I'm the happiest guy on earth um, and Which then it's actually interesting because Enzo will tell you that the origination of tiki bars are is actually Filipino, Filipino. <laughs> well, am I going to tell you or are you going to tell me put them on the spot <laughs> uh, well, well, no I mean I guess part of it is honoring the ingredients that are native to the Philippines such as uh, calamansi which is uh, fruit that's akin to it's a like lime in shape. Yeah, oh. it's in the orange family, actually, but it looks more like a lime. It's green. Yeah. Uh, its yield is very little, and, you know, it's sort of sour, sort of sweet. Um, things like that, things like uh, guava, uh, mangoes, very prevalent, the landan. There's not really a great cocktail tradition, per se, that yeah. in the Philippines, yeah, but right. uh, I was happy to know that when I went back this year that some people are actually doing stuff. They're making cocktails, albeit, you know, to such a great degree like this guy had like a 20 cocktail menu in his you know really humble restaurant so it was it was cool to see that also um and what nicole was referring to was uh it, what i found was that uh don the beachcombers original i was just gonna say bartenders yeah. were all filipino so to me it made perfect sense to uh to pair that sort of style of drinking with this style of food as well 
Absolutely. That would have been what they would have served had they had their way in the kitchen with the food. So that's something I'm slowly introducing, you know, uh, more tiki style drinks. But, you know, what, what I have now uh, is a focus on, you know, things that I grew up with, like uh, ginger or salabat. This uh, just a very medicinal sort of mm-hmm. uh, thing that uh, comfort that is comforting to people growing up. And strawberries, you know, it's from a sense memory from growing up and going to Baguio, which is in the north. And these nuns would pick these strawberries and sell them as jam and preserves. So that's where the Baguio breeze. Um, cool. Simple but fresh. You know, that's sort yeah. of my approach. And, you know, going into Tiki later on. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Definitely. That's one thing I have to say I really like about Enzo's drinks is that um, they're really well balanced because sometimes I go places and it's so syrupy or so sour. Like I find it's really interesting. Enzo's drinks are really at times complex but really clean like you taste a well balance of acidity and sweetness and the fresh fruit that I'm I'm really I'm really proud of him (laughs) and it doesn't hurt that you know Filipino food just goes great with booze (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yeah we do actually um, our tradition too is if you come to the restaurant and you happen to have a balut which is the fertilized duck egg um, depending on the the guest will give them a warm shot of gin, which is kind of a um, a tradition. Warm gin in the Philippines, right? They, like, there's a lot of like warm gin. There's uh, rice distillates, and then there's a lot of rums as well, right? I mean, yes. that, so I guess it just makes sense that. The, but you know, going back to the whole like tiki thing, just for a quick minute, um, it's kind of it's interesting because I I don't really like I've seen I've seen your menu. I haven't been by the, the new place yet, but and I I know that. Uh, you know, especially with places like, like say, like Lonnie Kai. You know, you could say it's a tiki bar, but Julie Pain doesn't want to say. Yeah, you could say Painkiller is a tiki bar. You know, you could, but they're they're not like these traditional tiki bars. Like Julie's place is a she calls it a Hawaiian restaurant. You know that obviously the drinks they are tiki drinks, but she doesn't want to call them that. Painkiller, they are they're tiki drinks, but they're like like punk rock tiki drinks you know it's like old old like lower east side new york city punk rock tiki <laughs> absolutely i mean uh, you know you know i worked there so I right mean, that was sort of the man with way, like 17 jobs the staging ground for that idea i just felt that you know this is this just makes perfect sense i mean we were trying to do food there as well at a certain point uh just because we were like you know all those bartenders are filipino let's serve filipino food here um yeah, I think the the beauty of tiki is that you know it's you know it really doesn't take itself too seriously. So, you know what they're doing at Painkiller, what they're doing at Lanikai, whether or not you want to call it tiki, it's it's just you know riffs on a theme, and you you can get out, outlandish and outrageous, and you know really have fun and have blue drinks and you know. I'm trying to bring. I'm, I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing back the blue curacao. Absolutely, man. Yeah. I have the, to. The fun in drinking. Well, <laughs> I want to preface it by. I don't really know the history of tiki. I, I can't say that I'm an expert at all, but I would like to say that it's not those kind of style of drinks from what I understand, but what he is producing is these drinks, and it's a style of service which I think tiki had, which was really friendly, really informative, and, like, laid-back, man, like, you know, yeah. like drink it's supposed time. To be, you know? It's supposed to be a good time. Right. You know, you, I don't want to, like, sit around and, like, you know, worry about what kind of bitters blends going into my my manhattan and what kind of vermouth you know i yeah i want to i want i wanted my tie or something <laughs> um so okay when we get back we're going to take a, a short little break here but when we get back i want to talk a little bit more about 
I, I love getting to talk about food because it's you know this is a drink show, but we we rarely get to talk about food, so this is really exciting to me. I want to talk a little bit more about that, but then I want to talk about some of your uh, future plans and some of these other things. You've got a lot of you guys have a lot of stuff going on. You guys are crazy. <laughs> so anyway, when we get back with the uh, the crew from uh, Mahalika, we'll talk more about it. All right, in a moment. service announcement from Heritage Radio Network. Every Tuesday at noon, Dave Arnold, the author of CookingIssues.com, will discuss new and innovative techniques, equipment, and ingredients. Call in with your own questions to see if Dave and the crew can solve your cooking issues. Again, that's Tuesdays at noon on the Heritage Radio Network. (laughs) And we're back. (laughs) Open them. Open them. <laughs> We're having technical difficulties with this bag of crackers. Um, so, we're here with the crew from Mahalika. That's at, the new place is uh, at 111 First Avenue, which sounds completely fake. 111 Yeah, I, uh, I would like to officially rename First Avenue as Pinoy Way. Oh. FYI, so 111 Pinoy Way. Cool. Um, I will. I'll talk to my guy about that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anyone that can help me out with that. Okay. Um, so tell us a little bit about what more like what your your mission statement like in, in, like the the idea as a whole of Mahalika. We've talked about the food. We've talked about the drinks. But really, like what what are you trying to show to New York City to the world like through this? Well, I think um, I'm going to. Okay. What you're munching on is kind of a segue into that. Um, he's eating uh, nagaraya nuts, which is like a, a, our Cheetos, really. Um, they're nuts covered in whole wheat dough and garlic. It's garlic. It's I really, love it. It's super good. And I think that's kind of part of the mission statement that we want to put out there, that we're about the chips, the nagaraya nuts. We're about the beef tapa. For those about you, the tocino, like... We're about the nuts, yes. And so uh, <laughs> everything that comprises being Filipino, I don't want to turn our back to any of it. So if it is some of the processed stuff, then it's cool and it's fun and the spam we embrace. But if he dials up the volume, meaning chef, if he dials up the volume on the presentation or the preparation of the food, that's what we're about too. So it really is visceral experience for us. It was 
certainly about creating a business and something um, commercial that would make us some money along the way. But it was also about aiming for critical success. And by that, I meant really getting Pinoy's in there and making them proud when we were doing the business plan and all that crap that you have to do when you are starting a business. Like, who are we talking to? And it was really Filipinos. And if we didn't make Filipinos or Filipino-Americans proud, that would be the failure. And then after that, it was to cross over to non-Filipinos to show them food that they never had before or may have nev- never have experienced in this way. Um, so I, I, that's, yeah. that's what we're about. It was make some money, make Pinoy's proud. Keep it real. Keep it real. Keep it real and show and, the world. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, uh, Be nuts. Yeah, it's naturally become bigger than that. And, and that, that's, that's what's amazing to me and, and to us is that uh, we, you know, we started it. We want to do great food. We want to do great drinks. We want to do great, great service because that's where we come from. And in a very short period of time, since December, November of last year, January till now, it's, you know, it's it's become more of like a like a collective movement. You know, you know let's introduce yeah. people yeah. to the culture, not just through the food and drink, which is what we're doing now, but just through our presence and 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 our reach and and who we know we just don't know a bunch of filipinos we know it's our demographic we we mostly grew up here so we have we have a diverse uh, range of friends and people that we want to bring in and and show them you know how how we do it it's like oh sorry one thing i'd like to say is that on our second week operating out of the pop-up um i received a curious letter that was written in kind of a an old school scrawl. You know, you know when you see someone's handwriting and you know they're old school. Like they are, they were schooled to write in cursive. And it, to me, it's like Catholic writing when you're taught in Catholic schools how to have cursive. And the letter was what I could imagine was maybe from some mom or some Lola, and it was from New Jersey. And she it was a two-page letter, and she said how proud she was of us, and that we were so brave to do this, which I thought was so interesting, but. I'm telling you, it was like the second week we opened, which means she heard about it immediately. She hadn't even come in yet, but was just so proud. And I and I keep that with me. Like I think of my um, Lola Carmen back home, or like our families back home. And it really is about making like making our families proud too. So. Absolutely, and you're doing it in a really cool way. I mean, obviously, like just I just want to pop pop back over to this pop-up thing that was that sounded completely cheesy um (laughs) um, but it's it's such a cool cool like modern thing to do uh you know over the past couple years there's so many like pop-up restaurants not just restaurants but also bars stumptown coffee did a pop-up coffee shop in amsterdam which i wish i would have gotten a chance to go visit too which we didn't know by the way i mean it was happenstance it wasn't like some grand scheme i just remember egg Really, I remember yeah. Egg in Williamsburg out of, um, I think it was Sparky's hot dog stand yeah. on North 5th. And uh, it wasn't some mastermind. It was really like, we don't have any money, but we, we don't want to wait anymore. Yeah, it was, right. It was, it was born, keep going. It was born a out of uh, a strong drive and little finance. Absolutely. Yeah. So what you guys have done, it's like, it's amazing. Like, uh, We jump, still don't got any there. money, but we're yeah. opening two other spaces, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so right, we, so you, you made, made a little capital to get into this space, you know, taking chances already on, like you said, you're taking chances on uh, Filipino food, which not a lot of people know. You're taking chances with yourself because you, you want to make yourself proud. You want to make your family's proud. You want to make your people proud. And that's that's very commendable. Then, you, then after you've proved it to yourself, you take it to the rest of the world and you're like, hey, check it out. 
like how awesome this is. And then now you're like, all right, let's do two more places. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the textbooks say, this is exactly how it works out. <laughs> this is this is the standard business plan, guys. Do you guys ever watch Scooby Doo? I don't know. It's not so random, but I always feel like I'm I scrappy have. dog. Do you remember <laughs> Scooby Doo's younger nephew? I still feel like I'm so scrappy and I'm still just trying to make it happen. So you figure out, you figure out a way. No matter what, you figure out a way yeah. if you want it bad enough. Seem to be doing it just well enough to keep opening more places. So now you're a, you're going to be at the decal market. Yes, that's going to be in two weeks, and um, it is decal market is an ecological market. If you guys don't know, it's um, taking reclaimed shipping containers and um, fashioning them to be for vendors, whether it's food or oh, clothing. Cool. And uh, we'll have a Sorry Sorry store and a Chopau shop. What is Sorry Sorry? Sorry Sorry is a <laughs> convenience store. Enzo, you take this one. What's a Sorry Sorry store? Why? <laughs> well, sorry Sorry means fresh, but it, it's ironic because if you go to Sorry Sorry store, it's basically everything that you know you would want from a supermarket, and they're not necessarily fresh. I mean, you may get some vegetables and fruits, but in general, the bulk of the things they sell there are, say, shampoo sachets, you know, for one, because, you know, a lot of people in the rural areas can't afford to buy, say, a big bottle of shampoo, so they just, you know, do it when they really need it, maybe a few days later, they'll wash their hair again, that sort of thing, like little little packlets, packs of, you know, uh, junk food. Um, so it's can an homage these, Can to... you get these there? Yes. yes. Oh, my God. Probably a smaller bag. Yeah. I will, so, uh, no. Can you make bigger bags uh, happen for me? So it's, again, it's a way to translate what we know culturally and create it here. So Sorry Sorry Store is like a convenience store, chips, fruits, vegetables, which I think is also so important for that particular neighborhood because yeah. you can't even get like a fresh carrot within walking distance. Yeah, and it's really tough to probably raise your family even and create home-cooked food if you can't have any fresh produce there. Yeah. So that's decal market. And we're going to have the Chopau shop, <clears throat> which Chef is working on right now. And uh, we're going to make a little twist on it because we'll be filling it with different Filipino fillings. Traditionally, it's just like chicken and pork, but we'll be doing things like penakbet and bola bola. Um, For those who don't know what a Chopau is, <laughs> it's a Filipino steam bun. Nice. Yeah, and it's, it's take really good. Xiaopao, which is... Yeah. Yeah, uh, Chinese from our background of Chinese yeah so imagine like those steam buns where you put like picking duck yeah, and stuff I know I, I, know. I, I yes. know about them so completely enclosed and I we thought what a wonderful way to get people to try different Filipino foods which it might be too daunting to order a full entree but heck I'll spend four bucks on something and try it out and then be introduced to a cuisine yeah um, so we've got decal market and then we're opening in Williamsburg <laughs> um, dun 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 we're opening on North 11th and Wythe, which I think is 90 Wythe out 90, of um, yes. out of um, a Japanese bike shop actually called Kinfolk. Cool. And uh, actually, Noel can explain a little bit more about Kinfolk and that uh, concept. Real quick, um, um, we're getting involved with uh, what is now Kinfolk Studios here in Williamsburg, which is going to be opening up almost simultaneously with the third location of this Sorry Sorry store along with the, the restaurant. <clears throat> but basically, quick story, Kinfolk is a uh, is a bicycle brand that they had a bar lounge in Tokyo. This is their first outpost in 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 New York, Brooklyn, and so uh, through the stars aligning, they we partnered up, teamed up, and and are op- opening a, a sorry sorry store and small food shop within that. So it's kind of uh, going along with the whole pop up theme, but and I, brunch. Oh yeah, and brunch come come beginning of September, and. He, 
What else can we take on? I don't know. Come on. Politics. I'm running for Congress, and I'm going to do a karaoke show with uh, Will Ferrell next. <laughs> so needless to say, we're busy, but you know it's fun, and I, we definitely can handle it all, and, and we're, we've got our eyes on a lot more. I can't believe you made it on the show today. That yeah. uh, sounds like you got a lot going on. Well, you know, before we sign off, I would love for you to uh, hook us up with one of these drinks, Enzo. All right. So this is... if we keep talking about food, I'm just going to die. You're going to come <laughs> eat. So this is the Pacquiao's Punch, which is... Uh, uh, basically a daiquiri, but uh, I use uh, equal parts pineapple and lemon juice, so about a half ounce each, and half ounce homemade ginger syrup, and one and a half ounces of Chairman's Reserve rum. I love that stuff. You can do shots of this. What's that rum? Yeah, I like your little uh, <laughs> jigger. What is that? I forgot that my stuff, so. <laughs> Is that the cap off of a, uh, an atomizer? It is. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Have you ever shaken a drink sitting down like that? No, it's <laughs> kind of nice. Wait, now you do that. Now we're gonna have a bench at Maharlika Great. We actually do. Back there. Oh yeah. Perfect fits. <laughs> Sweet. Oh, where's the? Uh... It's right there. Okay, ginger spear garnish. And a spritz of absinthe. Killer. I'm going to try this. <clears throat> I can't wait to, uh, to actually try this at your bar, but this is great, too. If you come to me, <laughs> and make it like, I'll hire you. <laughs> Same glass. You might get poached. So Watch we're gonna, out. <laughs> uh, so we're going to be you serving Pacquiao Punch and Adidas, which we haven't talked about. Really quickly, Adidas. Gross Have you heard what Adidas is? Mm-mm. So it's um yeah, that was a shoe. Yeah, it's a street food found in the Philippines. So it's chicken feet, three stripes, oh, yeah. three toes. <laughs> All right. So you'll be having a Pacquiao nice. punch in and a serving of Adidas. Mm, nice. Come and try a chicken feet. Are great. Awesome. <laughs> ah, great. I cannot wait to. And so um, now, what are your hours? And when is uh, when's this all going down, guys? Uh, we will be opening up for lunch in September. Right now, our hours are from 5 to 2 in the morning. Uh, Kitchen Monday closes at 11, but the bar will stay open. The bar will stay open. Cool. On the weekends, there will be a late-night menu uh, for pulatan, or Filipino snacks. And brunch is we're still continuing tradition, starting at 10.30. Uh, we're just pushing it back a little farther for those who can't get up too early. We'll be open till five p.m. That's a, that's the East Village location. Yeah. Oh, and um, Miguel's working on a um, Filipino version of chicken and waffles. Just saying. Oh my God. Ube yeah, waffles. I, I just what? shut down. It never, it, it never ends. It never ends. Wow. You guys have a sounds like a, an amazingly bright future. You, Thank you're you. just constantly crushing it. it I, don't get too burned out. If you need some help, just let me know. For real, I'll bust tables. I need a dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> I do that too. Well, thanks again for coming on the show today, guys. It was really my pleasure to have yeah, you on and talk about everything that you're doing. And uh, and good luck with everything. And I can't wait to come by and have some drinks and some food and walk out in an amazing coma. <laughs> Maraming salamat. Right. Salama. Thanks again to the crew of Mahalika. We'll see you next week on The Speakeasy. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Man, I wouldn't lie. It gets higher than a kite. Now when you see him stumbling up and down the street, you know that cat's been drinking, got no shoes up on his feet, man, he's high. I said that cat is high. 
This is Behind the Scenes Food News with Katie Kiefer. The long-awaited documentary, The Vanishing of the Bees, will be screening in Astoria, Queens, at the Broadway branch of the Queens Public Library on Monday, September 19th. I know that seems like a long ways away, but it isn't. It will be broadcast from 6 to 8 p.m. More information about this fascinating look at bee life and colony collapse disorder can be found at their website at www.vanishingbees.com. I also wanted to add that the producers are all working on a 30-minute educational video for high school students, so any parent or teacher should check out the site to see what he or she can do to work with the team to bring this into a school curriculum. The film has a Facebook page as well that discusses current events that affect bees. This is Behind the Scenes Food News with Katie Kiefer. Finger on the Pulse and City Winery are proud to present the Summer Barbecue Blowout Festival, August 6th, from noon to 4 p.m. The barbecue is happening at City Winery, located at 155 Varick Street in New York City. Restaurants featured at this event are Empire Mayonnaise, Van Dag, Momofuku Milk Bar, Imperial No. 9, Mile End, Mexicu, Kraft, Dizzy's Club, Coca-Cola, The Meatball Shop, and Dos Toros. Providing the soundtrack for the day are Midnight Magic, Pewter Magic, New Villager, Punches, Ducky, DJ Autobot, and the Snackatoon DJ. VIP and general admission tickets are available at citywinery.com. Finger on the pole for City Winery would like to thank our sponsors. Heritage Foods USA, New York Magazine, Rekha Vodka, Sonar, Smile, Guilt City, Sub-Zero and Wolf. Please come out and join us for a day of fun, food, and dancing. For more information, go to www.fotpnyc.com. 